0: Remain standing. Please remain standing and turn your eyes to the screen for Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. Would you read it out loud with me with a sense of faith and confidence in God? Let's begin. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Skip down to verse 10. Look at this. Here we go. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Lord, we lift up our hands. We lift up our hearts. And we receive this word from you. It is a word to our hearts about the power of your presence. We have set this year to make your presence our passion. We're going to learn even more about who you are and about how available, how helpful you are. There's not a person who will leave here the way they came if their heart is open and willing to engage your word right now. And so we lay hold of what you have for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Let's praise him one more time. Hallelujah. God bless you as you're seated. I had the privilege to speak to the students of Oral Roberts University on Friday. And this was the passage that the Lord had been put on my heart for weeks. I come with it to you today because there's so much here and so much more I want to talk about to you, my church. I want to read verse 1 in the New King James Version. It'll be on the screen for you. It says it this way. God is our refuge and strength. Notice this. A very present help. In trouble Notice the two words Very present Let's just learn all that's loaded up In these verses let's, let's swim deep in the stream Of God's word Until like a fountain it rises in all of us As God's help The word very present in Hebrew is M-E-O-D Notice how it unfolds It means diligent Exceedingly fast Louder ...and louder. Using those words, we would read it that... ...God is our refuge and strength... ...a diligent help in the time of trouble. An exceedingly fast help in the time of trouble. A louder and louder help... ...in the time of trouble. The words louder and louder speak of a progressive manifestation... ...of God's presence in the time of trial. When you see what the word trouble means... We'll put it all together. The word trouble is T-S-A-R-A-H. It means tension, tightness, tight spot, or backed into a corner. Notice the progression. Trouble hits. You sense the tension. Things tighten up. You're in a bad place. You're even backed into a corner. You see that trouble progresses Trouble picks up a volume in your life. It occupies and preoccupies your thoughts and your emotions. But what the Lord is saying today, there's something greater than the power of trouble. There's something greater than how dominant trouble can be in our thoughts and our emotions. And that is the progressive manifestation of God's diligent, exceedingly fast help in the time of trouble. The word help is M A T S A. It means to occur. It means to hit. It means to get a hold upon. Isn't it amazing that the Lord would describe His presence as that which occurs, not show up? I have often said the Lord showed up in my life in that situation, but really that's incorrect theology. The Lord never has to show up, He's always present. One of the great Hebrew names of God is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. So he doesn't have to show up. He just occurs. What that means is he's here. But maybe the trouble in your life has blinded you to his presence. But today, the help of God is going to penetrate your thinking until you realize he's here. He's occurring He's presently happening. And the progression of that manifestation is going to get louder and louder until it occupies and preoccupies your thoughts and your emotions. Means to hit. Trouble hits. It doesn't call ahead. There needs to be a counterpunch. There is a counterpunch to the attacks of the devil. And that is the very present help of our God. It means... To take hold of, to get a hold upon, to get a grip. We all know what it's like when we're going through trouble. We're trying to get a grip. We're trying to get a grip on ourselves. We feel the tension. We're in that place. Trying to gain some kind of of control. Our, Our emotions are all over the map. We're just trying to get a hold of ourselves and make sense of the situation. We're learning today that we let God get a hold of us. Take what we've just learned into the story of the Israelites. They've been set free from 400 years of slavery. Oh, happy day. They're free. And on their journey to the promised land, they come to the Red Sea. Tension rises because how will they get across? Notice the progression. They can't go to the left or to the right. It's occupied territory. Now, the Bible says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he commanded his army to go and recapture the Israelites. In the story specific, he ordered his army and it says 600 of his best chariots were hooked up to the horses and they were, those horses drew those chariots and those fighting men to pursue the Israelites. When six 100 chariots are rolling. You hear them before you see them. Track with me through the progression of trouble and how it expands, how it grows. The Red Sea, there's tension. You can't go to the left or to the right. You're in a tight spot. And to make matters worse, now you hear this ferocious approaching army. Let me make sure we understand the context. Look back in the passage. Take me back to verses 1, 2, and 3. Notice that this psalmist is going to show us a description of trouble through that of a storm, through that of calamity. He uses earthquakes to try and explain. Mountains crumbling. Oceans rising and foaming and roaring. Each of those descriptions have a certain volume. When the earth is shaking to the point that mountains are crumbling into the sea, it's radical. It's ferocious. It's loud. Here comes the chariots. The Red Sea in front of them. They can't go to the left or the right. They are backed into a corner. Their trouble has magnified and it's getting louder and louder. Let's apply Psalm 46 to that scenario. Here's what we learn. That above the Israelites was this cloud. It wasn't just any cloud. It was a cloud by day called a pillar of cloud. And it was the presence of God. The abiding, let's call it the omnipotent presence of God. He's here today. But notice when the the army of Pharaoh was approaching, that cloud moves and settles down in between God's people and the enemy. The abiding presence becomes an active strategic presence. So now, let's notice the progression of God's help. His presence moves between his people and the enemy. Then the wind starts to blow. Now, moving to Oklahoma from Tennessee, moving to Tennessee from Arkansas, I'd been in some occasional wind. I'd never known, like, the kind of consistent wind that you can have here in Oklahoma. And there's a volume to it. There's a noise. There's a sound. You can wake up in the night, and it's, though you're in your home... It's almost like you can feel the wind. The noise tends to transfer a feeling. Trouble has a volume and it transfers a feeling. And that feeling is, is fear and stress, anxiety, worry. Well, the presence of God begins to work. What is the sound of the wind? so strong that it can start rolling the Red Sea back like a curtain. What kind of volume is there in a cloud that moves and settles and when day turns to night, it goes from a a pillar of cloud to a pillar of fire? Fire has volume. What kind of volume was there in this fiery presence of God? Then the wind of God so strong that it could push the Red Sea back on the left and the right. So strong that it could dry the ground. Notice the progressive manifestation of God's presence and now, not a few people, but a few million people walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. What kind of power is it that can sustain the water on the left and the right? Do you see that the progressive manifestation of God's help is diligent, exceedingly fast, louder and louder. Oh, may this get into our hearts today because if it does, we're going to walk in the strength of His progressive manifestation versus the progression of trouble. Rather than walk in fear, doubt, anxiety, and stress, we're going to walk in a sense of great expectation with an attitude that says, God is at work and the best days are in front of me. See, this is, this is the influence of God's presence. They walk across on dry ground. What kind of volume is it when that wind suddenly stops and it releases? The water at just the right time when Pharaoh's ferocious army and all 600 chariots are at the precise place. So when the Red Sea collapses, it consumes the enemy and brings deliverance to God's people. Do you see in that the progressive, expanding work of God's presence? This is why we make his presence our passion is because He is our strength. He is our refuge. He is our way. He is our deliverance. He is our source. He is our defense. He's the one who goes before us. He is the one who provides. He is God. Now think about this. It's just profound. It is amazing. When the chariots are rolling and the Red Sea is in front of them The negativity is drowning out every other thought. Isn't it amazing that God begins to work in such dramatic fashion that it drowns out the work and the volume of the attack of the enemy? Now, I've been there. I've been there in several phases. I shared three different stories that I won't go into today when I spoke to the students at ORU where times where trouble hit. And it hit hard. And the pain was real and the pain was deep. The questions were many. I saw boundaries. I saw limitations. I saw lack. The trouble expanded. It got louder and louder. It preoccupied my thinking. And the only thing that could counter it was when God occurred. He didn't show up, He happened. He was already there. The cloud moved from omnipotence, from a God who's just everywhere all the time, to a God letting me know, I am now between you and the enemy. Have you been there? You know what I'm talking about? You sense movement. You sense help. You sense strength. Nothing around you's changed. The enemy's still approaching, but you sense... That there's a power for you greater than the power against you. You sense that though there's something definitely formed against you, something has set itself against you. That which is in you is greater than that which has set itself against you. It's the present help. Everybody say, very present help in the time of trouble. The word help there means to occur. It means to hit. When trouble hits, there's a counterpunch. It's the hitting of God. I love the hitting of God. God hit that situation at the Red Sea. He didn't keep them from it. He provided for them in the midst of it. He didn't keep Daniel from the lion's den. He hit that lion's den. He didn't keep Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. He hit that furnace and the only thing that changed was that those three Hebrew teenagers were totally set free, and it influenced a nation. I wonder what miracle is contained as God brings you through this trouble. When God brought Israel through the Red Sea, I I feel the presence of the Lord right now. When God brought Israel through the Red Sea and worked in such a marvelous way, that testimony spread. Now, years later... When Joshua is checking out the promised land to bring back report, he meets Rahab. And Rahab says, tell me about your God, the one who parted the Red Sea. And the Red Sea miracle was the influence that caused Rahab to open her heart and surrender to God and study her story. She was like really far from God. And she had her heart changed and she ends up in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So when God was working a progressive manifestation for the children of Israel, the pillar of cloud by day and fire by night, the wind that blew until the sea was rolled back, it dried the ground upon which then they marched across. He then closed that Red Sea on the enemy. All the while, he was going to set that miracle up to be the inspiration that turned a wayward heart to himself. I wonder what kind of miracle is contained within the present miracle that is at work in your life. Rather than surrender to the trouble, if you will engage and open your heart to the God who progresses, that means he's more and more as the trouble mounts, God mounts. And there's more and more and more. And as you cooperate with God in trouble, you receive more and more and more. And you have no idea that right now as God is working, He's also got someone in mind out in the future. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your grandkids. Maybe it's your great-grandkids that are going to be influenced by the very present help of God in this time of trouble. Hold on. Don't give up. I just told you to hold on. Forgive me. Let God take hold of you. There are times we can't hold on. We try. We can't get the grip. We try. I'll save you one on that. Let God get a grip. When we led the church in Pine Bluff into a building program, got into the building, realized our general contractor hadn't paid the subcontractors. We had 22 lawsuits filed against the church. And the history of that church and its future was hanging in the balance. We had done everything we were supposed to do, dotted every I, crossed every T. The general contractor, he, it was called Master Contractors. That was his, the name of the company. He had a master's degree, all right, in lying. Guy was a master at telling lies. I just felt the bitterness that I had. I thought I'd gotten rid of it. I thought I was over. I thought I was over that. I thought I was over that and I remember going what are we going to do on a Wednesday night I was up preaching I saw this man sitting on the back row and Wednesday night attendance never set any attendance record so I knew everybody was there I knew them, I knew their story, their backstory. I knew their unspoken requests So when someone new came, I knew we had a visitor. I saw this guy. I go up to him after the service. I meet him. He says he's moving to town. He had taken a job with a law firm in town. He used to be in the ministry, felt like he should go in law. And uh, I said, I need to meet with you. That guy, Kelly can testify to the detail of this. He became our attorney. He led our church. We paid next to nothing for the, the cost of having an incredible attorney who led us through that. And I remember the day coming into the lobby of that church was all 22 subcontractors. We got the culprit over in one Sunday school classroom. Those subcontractors went in to meet with him, and he gave them pennies on a dollar. He said, look, you need to take this, because I'm going to file bankruptcy, and if you sue me, you're not going to get anything. I'll give you this. Then they came over, and they said, okay, here's what he gave us, and then we paid the difference so that they were fully satisfied which meant we had to raise $225,000 more than what we should have raised. And back in that day, raising $225,000 was a monumental task. I watched God be our defense. How many of you know God can be a great attorney? I watched him be a doctor and heal up my emotions. Not all the bitterness because I felt some just a moment ago, but it's not near what it was. Just stretch a hand toward me and say, Help him, Lord. (laughs) I watched the Lord miraculously provide those resources and what I thought would set that church back and hurt the reputation of that church. You had subcontractors out in our small community saying, That church did the right thing. They didn't have to do that. They could have fought this thing out and they, they had good ground to stand on, they had proof. That they had done everything lawfully, and yet they went the extra mile, they satisfied the original contract they paid more than they should have, and many of those subcontractors accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior I watched it happen i watched I watched, watched this inside of me when I started sensing that something 's not right here, tension then I realized the the incredible storm we are in as a church with 22 liens filed against us as a church, that's like a tight spot. That's like a you-can't-sleep tight spot. That's like you're waking up in the middle of the night because you never went to sleep in the first place. And, and man, I, now I don't have much hair because I'm just old. Back then I was young. And I mean, I had like spot, I, I looked like, I'm, I was a mess. And this guy came up to me in our church. He said, look, I'm kind of like a doctor, and I just want to tell you what's going on with you. It ain't. That's not normal. You need to see a doctor. I went to a doctor. I said, I just thought it was normal. He said, this isn't normal. He said, man, he goes, what are you going through? I said, you shouldn't have asked me that. I had that doctor hung over. He walked out of that room. <laughs> he said, I need a shot. So it grew. It was real. I'm just trying to tell you, I I know that place of questions and running thoughts and a racing mind, and it, it, it seems out of control, but I'm telling you, I watched the pillar of cloud by day. I watched the presence of the Lord settle in on that. And I watched him be a defender, I watched him be a provider, I watched him be a healer, a savior. I watched him take that church that was seemingly threatened and set it as that city on a hill. It was the most influential church in the whole area and God is the one who did it. For God is a very present help in the time of trouble. Can you praise him for that this morning? Trouble hits. You saw the news, 2,100 jobs. They're being eliminated by American Airlines. We've got some 7,000 jobs here in this town from American Airlines. 2,100 of them are being eliminated. Trouble hits. It hits jobs. It hits finances. It hits families. And it hits deep. But the presence of the Lord also hits. I want to show you a closing thought. And then we need to experience Psalm 46, not just talk about it. This next slide helps us to see the first couple of words of verse 1. It says, God is. Verse 2 says, so we will. If there's not a so we will, then we miss the influence of who God is. See, God is a refuge and strength. So we will not fear. That's the application. Oftentimes, the people of the Old Testament, they experienced God as refuge or strength or provider or secret place. All of these descriptions that were very relational. They were experiencing the character and nature of God, and it had a personal application to what they were going through. If this doesn't occur, then our corporate gathering is just a ritual rather than an experience in the very real presence of God. If there's not a so, I will, to the manifestation of God's help in my life, then my relationship moves to being more religious than a day in, day out, step by step, walk in the Spirit. We're not here out of ritual. We're here because we are people all at different places on the journey. Some of you may have gotten a call this week and, and, and it just opened up a hitting of trouble in your life. A diagnosis. A pink slip. And the trouble is expanding and it's getting louder and louder. Well, you have come to the right place because this is not a ritual. This is a gathering in the very presence of God. This is a gathering where God can manifest his present help and it can prove to be louder than the volume of the trouble in your thinking. It can prove to provide a breakthrough, a way. He will be your shepherd. He will be your doctor. He will be your attorney. He will be your help. He will be every and anything you need him to be. Because he is that personal. Nine o'clock gathering, we had a message in tongues and a word of interpretation and The interpretation was this, that that the Lord is not distant. We don't have to go looking for him, that he's right here. And as that word unfolded, what we didn't cover today in Psalm 46 is that when it talks about this storm, this earthquake, this attack, it, it connects to the destruction of the temple. And God was saying, my temple will not be destroyed. There is a river that makes glad." There's a presence, there's a power, there's a protective custody around the work of God. Bring it into a New Testament context. Who is the temple? Where does the presence of God abide? In us, the temple. There is still a river. There is still a fountain. And it springs up. It releases into your thinking, into your emotions, the ministry of God's help. Until you sense peace in the midst of the storm. Until without anything changing, you know it's going to work out. You are claiming the victory and you're living in the victory even though it hasn't come. You know that God has heard your cry and that that the, the, the presence of the Lord has settled in. And it's getting louder and louder and louder. And your faith is growing. And your stability is there. You've got firm footing. You're holding it together because God is with you. You're not spinning out of control. You're not going to melt down. You're not going to have another panic attack. God is with you. A refuge and a strength. Praise God. God is. So we will not fear 2003, with this, the worship team will start coming back. In 2003, a song was released. It came right out of this song. They captured, man, the very essence of what God was saying. The chorus says, though oceans rise and thunders roar. Get that in your mind. Turbulence. The ferocity of a storm says, I will soar with you above the storm. The eagle catches the draft of the strong wind and just goes to the next level. I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood. So I will be still and know that you are God. And you put your hands together right now that he is God, he is good, and he is able. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. On the occasions of trouble in my life, it can be illustrated by my closed fist, the tension, the stress, the anxiety. And I was trying to get a grip. Are you going through something right now and you're trying to get a grip? Trouble has hit. You're in a tight spot. Would you stand with me right now, everybody, all across this place. Everybody standing. Would you just take your hands and put them in front of you right now. Close your fists. You may want to close them tightly. You're in that tight spot. You Let it serve as a reminder of where you are. You're not unashamed of it. You're you're not ashamed of it. you're, You're willing to acknowledge it. In a tough spot, tight spot, there's tension. You're trying to get a hold of it. Today, here in a moment, I'm going to ask you to just open your hands and release that trouble. And let the presence of the Lord occur. Hit and take hold of you. I'm going to ask you to be still and know that He is God. To be still in your emotions. Your racing mind. There's some creative ideas God's going to give you. And when you are stressed out, you, you can't discern that creative leadership of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be settled by the Holy Spirit today. So that you can see the people God's bringing around you. So you can see the resources He's bringing around you that are going to be part of your deliverance. God wants to settle you today. God wants to open your mind to His miraculous power. I think it's safe to say no one in the Israelite army was thinking that the Red Sea was going to roll back on the left and the right. God will make a way, but there seems to be no way in the most amazing way. I wonder how miraculously He's going to work it out, that situation you're in. For me, He ushered in a lawyer who had a heart for God and a heart for the church and a heart for a pastor. He ushered in provision. He did it in the most amazing way. I wonder how he's going to do it for you. I can tell you that trying to figure it out yourself is going to wear you out and wear you down. When the oceans rise and thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood. I will be still and know that you are God. Find rest, my soul, in Christ alone. Know his power in quietness and trust. Oh, yes, when the oceans rise and the thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storm father you are king over the flood i will be still and know that you are god here in just a moment i'm going to ask you to open your hands and when you do we're going to go to total silence in this place and we're going to stand in the powerful presence of god we're going to stand in solitude and the presence of the lord is going to occur And as you open your hands and release that trouble, I then want you to lift those hands in a position of surrender and worship, saying, God, you're my present help in the time of need. Lord, you've you've spoken today, and now you're about to apply it. You know what I'm going through. You know what has hit. Now, may your presence counter... With a progressive manifestation that leads me to victory. In Jesus' name, would you open your hands, release the trouble, and lift them in the presence of the Lord? You, you, you have made me glad. Yes, you have. I'll say. I'll say I. Since God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble, may you walk in a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. May you know his peace. May you know his love. May you sense his kindness toward you. May you sense the fact that he is for you. And he's out in front. See, God is everything that we will ever need and more. So we will walk in cooperation with him and experience him more and more and more and more and more and more until he turns our sorrow into dancing until we take off a garment of heaviness and we put on a garment of praise and we worship in that secret place of the Most High God knowing that nothing formed against us is going to prosper that greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world that the Spirit indwells me And gives me everything I need for life and godliness. I will keep my mind on you. I will keep my heart fixed on you. And you will cause your face to shine upon us. And give us peace. Are you thankful for that? Will you walk in that? I love you so much. And I pray for you. Now walk the empowered life. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you.